this Booker T five time, five time, five time, five time, five time WCW champion. You listen to top five comics. Now can you dig that, sucker? Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us we have the Duke Devlin of Duckington, Curtis. Hello. We have Sergeant Jack Boot of the Koopa Troopa Army Patrol with Ross. Hi. We have the Inspector of Dr. Wally's Electrical Systems, Analysting with CBS. I'm not entirely sure what my job actually is. It's gonna be a terrible card. You you analyze computer systems while they while they run. Some IT awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the club. It's not a fun club. It's not a country club. Mm. We're a bacon club. <laughs> Damn it. Which <laughs> surprisingly you can't eat. Oh, why, why are you so sad about that? I like the taste of bacon. <laughs> are you telling me you don't? I don't think you like the rest of the club part, though. So. No, not necessarily. We also have the Heinz ketchup inspector guy. Who's <laughs> Rob? <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I, I, I make sure that you know, your ketchup runs right. I squeeze on the tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> And as a special guest, on loan from the Mexican militia, we have Barry. Hi. Your Barry. country salutes you, Barry. Barry's loud. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta if, speak up. If I had maracas, I'd shake them right now. God. All right. Well, that was a mess. Ah, so today we're doing <laughs> 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 episode number uh, 60... Uh, I need a little help here. Does anybody know what we're doing? I think it's 61. Are we already in the 61? Holy cow. 62? I think it's 62. Are we supposed to read <clears throat> it? No. A couple episodes Ross, ago. do we look like a Marvel Comics Ross? Well, you know. Do we look like DC Comics Ross? I figured people can't keep up after so many numbers. Well, so. that's why we do seasons with the numbers. Well, uh, that doesn't make a damn bit of difference. No, it doesn't. Okay. Our numbers carried over from season to season. That's true. See, we're moving our way up. Should be season something, episode something. That way we're super confusing. Hell yeah. Season 3, episode 67, 62. They're like, it's only episode season 3, I don't understand. It's not Cayman Rider. (laughs) No, we'd have long names for our episodes too, then. Episode 62, Farmer Jack's Night Glow Tarantulas. God damn! Awesome. <laughs> that would be terrifying. How's that? Yeah, because you know those tarantulas are going to explode. <laughs> and there's just no way around them. <clears throat> Night glow tarantulas. Night glow tarantulas. That like they glow in the dark too, and like walking outside and they just run up to you and explode. It's episode sixty-two. Sixty-two. <laughs> All right. So episode sixty-two. <laughs> All right. Mike Lutheran. That's got to be the name of the episode. Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, today we're doing, uh, oh, God, uh, Star Trek Green Lantern number one, uh, Omega Men number two, two then uh, Lando number one, and Mercury Heat number one.
And then Ross is going to enlighten us with news from DC Comics. And other comics. And other stuff. News from Comic-Con. News from San Diego Comic-Con. How about that? How about news from the comic sphere? I, okay, well, then there's two different news segments. How about Ross and the dog pile? God damn it! <laughs> yep, so this is San Diego, so there's a whole bunch of news. Um, we did see a whole bunch of trailers for new movies. It's true. It's a true statement. They're all kind of dark and stuff. Dark because they was dark when they played them, or dark because they're dark themselves? Well, I had my eyes closed. Damn it, Ross. I don't want to watch this, but I want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) No, they they showed uh, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Right. And, uh, yeah. What'd you think of it? I thought they were okay. I'm not very excited about either of them at this point. I I haven't watched them, so I can't speak to them. I, I can say that on the Batman vs. Superman Dawn of Justice, Lettuce Tomato XL Deluxe. Hold the mail. The movie. <laughs> so I think that title just needs to get longer, is what I think. I don't think abbreviation is going to work at all. No. Well, if they add in the Night Glow Tarantulas, that would be easy. After all that other stuff. Anyways, regardless of its ridiculous That's name. That's the real villain of the movie. It could be. Um, one of the cool things that it does look like is going to be in the trailer is, or I'm sorry, in the film is a lot of people complain that Superman didn't save Metropolis and the Metropolis got torn up a lot in Man of Steel. It looks like we're actually seeing some of the fallout from that in the Dawn of Justice film. We're actually seeing, I think, even like Bruce Wayne actually in Metropolis during the whole attack by Zod. Now, who knows for sure, but that's what it looked like to me. I've heard that one of the buildings that they tore down was a Wayne Tech building. It's just like Walmart. Good job. Yeah. Let's see why not. The, the Wayne Tech buildings are? Just keep going. Okay. <laughs> so I, I think actually we're going to be seeing a lot more connection to the Superman film, which might actually make this a better film altogether. Um... It, it looks to me like there's a lot more plot going on than I thought we would have time for, since, like, everybody in D.C. is going to be involved in the film. Mm. So. You mean, like, all the heroes in D.C.? Well, them too. Okay. We're going to put everybody in this film. Yeah, it kind of looks like they're just going out of control. Look, look for Dandio. How many, like, <laughs> how many are going to be in the movie? How many superheroes? Yeah. Well, so far we know... The the seven Green Lantern? I I don't know. I don't think... think They haven't said Green Lantern yet. They've said Batman and Superman, obviously, and Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and I think earlier on they said Cyborg. And Flash. And Flash. Is Flash? I didn't know about Flash yet. That's going to be pretty sweet. I'm sure you said Aquaman. Yeah. So. So, I mean, at least six of the big seven... Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll probably be Lantern in it, too, because I don't see why they would stop with just those six of them. Well, it was rumored that The Rock was going to be playing Black Adam in it, too. In, in Like a cameo. Oh, really? <clears throat> see, I thought that was going to be a whole different... Well, no, there's another movie with him and Shazam. Oh, I thought they were going to be different universes, though. I didn't think they were going to be in the same. Maybe that was just an internet rumor. And they might be in the same thing, too. It would be know. cool, but... Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to see what they want to be using it for. So, uh, there's another internet, speaking of internet rumors, this one has something to do with Suicide Squad. I don't know if you guys are aware of this one or not. Um, so... What's that? Well, the word is there's a, there's a group that believe that the uh, Joker we're dealing with in Suicide Squad could actually be Jason Todd. Oh, that's weird. Suicide Todd? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. See, I've read something else, like... Hmm. Joker trailer when he comes out and he's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Right. I'm just going to, or I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to hurt you really, really bad. He's talking to Jason Todd. Mm. That makes more sense. See, now that would fit a lot better, actually. He just looks like creep, creepy Joker. Yeah. He looks pretty cool. I, I kind of like that Nibble we're going to see Batman in the film. Yeah, I think that's cool. I kind of wonder if the Joker actually isn't a part of the Suicide Squad. The way it's set up, at least the way the, the the trailer plays it, it doesn't seem like he's part of it. It seems more like he's a side to what's happening. And he, I don't know if they're assigned to take him out or what exactly that is, but it seems more like he's not part of the group, that's for sure. Because we never see him walking with the group. All the group shots, he's not part of. I almost wonder if he'll be... if he won't be actually in the main plot of the movie, if he'll just be in, like, flashbacks. Or if it'll just be in, like, maybe before Harley Quinn goes to prison. And hmm. My guess played a hand in it? Yeah. My guess is he's going to be in the film. I think he'll be not a main villain, but maybe a step down. There was also a lot of the guys with the machine guns that were wearing all kinds of crazy masks, which makes me think False Face. Oh, yeah, maybe. Or Black Mask. Which, I mean, either of those characters would be kind of interesting to see in a film, but I don't know. With uh, Suicide Squad, I was kind of hoping that they were going to make it kind of their Guardians of the Galaxy type movie. And they're definitely not going for the lighthearted no. thing at all. It's definitely <clears throat> super, super serious. Well, didn't DC put that thing out where there's no jokes in their movies or what? Yeah, but then yeah. Marvel got really popular with having jokes, so I kind of thought they might right. think that statement, but it doesn't look like they are at all. At least not yet. Well, with the Joker, you figure there'd be some type of joking well yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> i guess it's true <laughs> with uh green lantern though this just reminded me green Lan the green lantern movie that was scheduled to come out has been changed into the green lantern core yeah now which will be good yeah that'll be cool because they couldn't run a movie focused on hell mm -hmm. so let's try with the wider scope of the green lanterns yeah that'll, I think that'll be really cool. be better yeah, they also that. be cool. They also <clears throat> announced or said or rumored that Ben Affleck's going to be writing a Batman movie, and he's he, going to be starring in it. He's a uh, he's directing it and starring in it, and Jeff Johns is writing it. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, dude's good. he's a good director. I'll give him that. Margot is fantastic. Town's pretty good too. That's true. He's he's a lot better director than I than I gave him credit for. So. I thought you were going to say that he is an actor. No, I, you know, I can't say that because... Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey. I think his best roles are when he doesn't talk very much, and I think as Batman, he could not talk very much and it would be fine. Yeah, I can see that. We'll have to see. I, I'm, I'm a little worried that his new Batman origin is going to be Superman, but we'll see. Superman-based? Yeah. Okay. 
If he just runs around doing the Superman dance. Maybe. What is that? Superman that. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> I think that's a song. Yeah. This is a, does it have a dance, too? It does. I don't know the dance. I don't dance. Oh, okay. Well, that's understandable. But here I am. You could show us and no one would know, Barry. So they can't see you. All right. Well, we could see him. It'll be, be like, oh, that's the best. <laughs> yeah. Put that on YouTube later. And... Then we wouldn't do it. Then we'll actually lose money. <laughs> <laughs> oh my eyes! <laughs> How do you get negative views on something? <laughs> Jeez. You can get a hell, Curtis. <laughs> uh, I think we'd be fine. I think it'd be okay. This is they announced a bunch of crazy actual comic book related things to you. No, what? Actual books? Oh, I guess before that, though, we should get to the TV show stuff. Oh my god. god. Sorry. We can forget it. Here. Go on. Go um, on. Oh, and there was one other movie thing, which we we're all a little disappointed in, I think, in that they announced Michael Sarah as Robin for the Lego Batman movie. I was the voice. Yeah. Whoa, I thought he was actually going to be Batman. No, 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 no. I was like, oh my god, this is... Terrible news. Well, when when you think Batman, you don't think Will Arnett. No, that's true. You know what I mean? And he did okay. Yeah. By being a parody of Batman. Okay. So if this is going to be a parody of Robin, it might work for Michael Sarah. I guess I could see that. But yeah. I hold no faith in it whatsoever. Mm. Now, see, I, I thought I was full on thinking it was going to be live action movie. And I was, I no, no, it's uh, a terrible Lego movie. Yeah, sorry. It'd be a terrible, stupid romance comedy. I was, I was scared. I was. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know who Michael Sarah is. Michael Sarah has boyish good looks. I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. Be a good Robin. Takes one to know one, I guess. Uh, it does. <laughs> Baby faces unite. Oh my gosh. Your hands tell a different story. <laughs> they call me old Pappy Hands. <laughs> you see on his name tag, it's weird. Fantastic. <laughs> it's hard to get a tip with that name. Though. I call you older. Happy. No. Curtis, I just get the tip. That'd be Mr. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> that is gross. <laughs> Holy crap. Rashi said something about TV shows? Yes. Uh, <laughs> they cast Anarchy and uh, Mr. Terrific right? and Arrow. And Arrow is actually going to go by the name Green Arrow for that's, the first time. That's the word on the street, yeah. <clears throat> and you were saying who's been going by the Vigilante? Yeah, the, I think that's all they've called him so far. So nobody's called him Arrow. In the in in the most recent series, season he is called Arrow. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say because I think they did in Flash. Mm -hmm. They called him Arrow. Yeah, yeah. I I've missed a season. <laughs> I, I <laughs> play even. <laughs> I don't remember who they cast as this either, but for the on the Flash, this is might be even crazier than Anarchy and Mister Terrific. They cast uh, Wally West what? and Jay Garrick. Oh, I remember hearing that. Yeah. See, that's awesome. Because we saw Jay Garrick's helmet mm -hmm. at the end of Flash. Um, I, I don't know who they're cast as yet, but Anarchy and Mr. Terrific. Anarchy is 
Alexander Calvert. And Mr. Terrific is Echo Kellum. All right. Hold, hold your next thought. There was something I forgot about the Batman versus Superman Donna Justice. They show off their Lex Luthor mm. in that preview as well. Who is it? Jesse Eisenberg? Yep. He, he's an actor I would Michael never... Sarah. Yeah, Michael Sarah. The I, other Michael Sarah. I don't even... I can't fathom in my mind how that's going to work. But in that preview, he looks diabolical. Like, yeah. he, he seems to come off like, oh, this is this is Lex Luthor. Even though every part of me goes, it's ridiculous that that's supposed to be Lex Luthor. Huh. He doesn't really, yeah, you're right. He doesn't really, like, look like Lex Luthor. But he has, he has that tone to him, I guess, yeah. is the right... Boyish good looks. Yeah, there's just <laughs> something creepy about him. It might be the boyish good looks. <laughs> had a lot of sugar today, guys. I'm sorry. Couldn't tell. You're doing good. You're doing fine. Yeah. At least you can get to a point. Uh, Call me a pencil. What are you trying to say over there, Kurt? Uh, ass face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ross, that's a character from uh, that preacher show. Yeah. That's that's arse face. Oh, my bad. Sorry. (laughs) It's all about the pronunciation. Which is supposed to be coming out from Stars, I think, or HBO. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there, yeah. Good stuff. Can't be Ash vs. Sure. Evil Dead show. Oh. Speaking of Stars. Speaking yeah, of Stars. Same channel. <laughs> you falling Stars with Bruce Campbell. Oh, come on, man. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Burn. I like uh, Bruce Campbell, though. Yeah, it looks fantastic, actually. Oh, heck yeah. yeah looks cool. But if you're in Las Vegas, Evil Dead the Musicals, freaking awesome. Sit in the splatter zone. It's great. <laughs> they have radioactive spiders. No, I think it's a different show. Oh, Night Glow Tarantulas. No. Also a different show. <laughs> yes, also a different show. I mean, that guy's been banking that character for thirty-six years now. Yeah, since seventy-nine or seventy-seven. Well, I, I think he would probably tell you that he's been hardly banking anything. Oh, he's been banking. People go to comic cons to see him, not because of the man with the screaming brain. Right. Not because of Boba Hotep. No. Not because of anything else. Not because of Alien Apocalypse. Oh, God, no. It's because of Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Okay? <laughs> Burn those guys a little bit of flavor. That's true. Nobody's going to go to a con to see Sam from Burn Notice. That's true. He does dress like that normally, though, so... Like a pimp? Like a pimp. Like Or, or like a cowboy. Oh, yeah. I have an interesting story a here. A pimp cowboy? To... Uh, kind of, yeah. You're going to have to ask Steranko next time you see him. You get his best friends. Mm-hmm. I'll probably so, never see him. Unless he comes he's, to he's in San Diego. Did you say hi? Uh, yeah. Did you say that's a killer pompadour, sir? No, I was afraid to get. I didn't want to get knifed. <laughs> he who deed my ass. I didn't know <laughs> what happened. I, didn't wanna, I woke yeah. up in his hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> missing a kidney. I don't know what happened. It was mostly uncomfortable for me. Who to blame? Here in Stranko's hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> How did you I get velvet one, walls? And I put two together, and I decided Starango stole my candy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting it back. That'd be a pretty sweet drawing of him stealing my kidney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it still cost me three thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I paid him to take my kidney. Yeah, <laughs> basically how it went down. I, I know this is now getting off topic, but I'm going to throw this out here anyways, just in case anybody else runs into Starango. Um, 
met a guy at the Houdini Magic Shop mm-hmm. out in Vegas, and he saw that I was wearing a comic book shirt, and so he just assumed that I came back from Comic-Con, which would have been early for Comic-Con anyways, but that's fine, whatever. But he evidently grew up with Stranko, and so he's like, hey, have you ever uh, met, you know, Stranko? And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've met him before. Has he ever told you the story about how he almost got burned alive from stealing a car? Mm-hmm. I've never heard that story. Have you heard that story? He, he does a thing called TNT on Twitter, where it's Twitter narrative technique, and he tells stories on Twitter, like on Sunday nights. Okay. Evidently, the dude is insane, and he only sleeps one hour or two hours a, a day. What? And he's up for the rest of that. And he's done that since the 60s, 50s, however long. He says that he's waste time when he's sleeping, so he doesn't sleep. And he goes for jogs like at one in the morning with his dogs down Pennsylvania mountains and stuff. Well, he is insane. He runs for fun. And he is—he actually did magic back in the day. And he's got stories about Houdini and all that. Is magic code for drugs? No. <laughs> well, he could have done drugs too. Just that, you and don't know if you don't ask. Right? And he said going around in town, he didn't—he couldn't go anywhere without carrying a gun. Because everybody wanted to hurt him. So. <laughs> Man. I think those are like three different points that didn't connect. Their story. Oh, I know. They <laughs> connect. Okay. <laughs> so did did one of these narratives tell you about him almost being burned alive? I believe it, I believe so because he was talking about like being on the side of the car at one point and holding onto the mirrors or something like that and having a gun with him. <laughs> I was gonna say I wanted to, I wanted to hear the story about him jogging at night with his dog <laughs> and the gun. Dude, he's like seventy six and he still jogs down mountains. That's crazy. Nope. But that guy, yeah, he's he's a legit badass. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. We don't see enough of him. I don't think. No. But he's his stories have kind of pittered out. Now he's just interacting with fans and whatnot. The most surprising part of that entire monologue that you just said, Curtis, is that you have a Twitter. Somebody's got to. That's right about that. Jamokes. <laughs> Ross, is something else over there from the DC Nation? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy comic book news, too. Um, Let's hear that. So we got a sequel to the Batman Eternal series, which is going to be Batman and Robin Eternal. Is that <clears throat> is that going to be 52 books, too, weekly? Yep. Or is it going to be just uh, Damien Robin or all the Robins? Ironically enough, Damien Robin isn't involved at all in it. Seriously. It's uh, Dick Grayson and uh, Bruce Jason Williams? Todd is part of it. Tim Drake's part of it. All right. Shoot, I forgot. Uh, who's the Batgirl before Stephanie Brown? Cassandra Kane. They're reintroducing Cassandra Kane. Oh, that. that's cool. Yeah. And Bluebird, forgot her name too. It's awesome. Part of it, but not Damien Robin. Huh? But Damien Robin, they're He's doing Apocalypse, a, right? Yeah, okay. and they're doing a Damien Robin crossover with the We Are Robin book. Right. Which would be pretty crazy. And on crossovers, they're doing a company crossover and doing Batman and Ninja Turtles, which is really really cool. I'm. Surprised it's kind of taken them this long to do it, actually. But was there any info on that? Who's doing it? Uh, yes. I'm not. What's the 
uh, James Robinson or James Tiny in the fourth. Yeah, he's writing it. I don't remember the artist's name, unfortunately. Uh, I think I I want to say it was like Corey Smith, but I doubt it. That might be his name, yeah. Because Corey Smith was doing uh, Magnus Robot Fighter. It looks really good. The covers look good to it. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that stuff up because I don't pay attention to anything ever. <laughs> God. Um, was uh, the one of the other DC books coming out of Convergence. They're actually doing two of them that are coming out of Convergence that we're finally getting info on. One of them is uh, Superman and Lois Lane Married and it's about their son, I guess. Okay. Uh, and the other one... Does that mean Wonder Woman and Superman are no longer a thing? No, it's alternate like alternate universe. universe. Okay. The other one is... Uh, some uh, Something... One of the Teen Titans lost or something. Okay. I forgot the name of it already, but... Someone in the regular universe gets a vision of this Teen Titans that never was, I guess. And it was the original Teen Titans from the old universe. And so they they try to recruit all the all of those Teen Titans that were never a Teen Titans group in our universe. I think it's just called Titans Lost. It might be. But it, so they so this lady goes about recruiting uh Dick Grayson, Donna Troy, uh Garth, Aqualad. Wally West, Arsenal, hmm. and let's see, there was one other one. But Starfire? Yeah, Starfire was part of it, but it was crazy because that was never with Teen Titans in our universe. Right. And this is taking place in our universe. Well, that's a weird idea, but all right. Yeah. Um, and then on the Marvel side of things, we know about some crazy variant covers they're going to be doing. Okay. So they're going to be doing, uh, I guess, rap album covers. Oh, yeah, yeah, rap album covers. And then uh, manga covers as well, which are both pretty crazy things. Yeah, I want to say the manga covers happen first. Mm. But, yeah. Is that all the news from Marvel? There's probably more, but I didn't do a very good job of following it. Well, they released the Deadpool trailer. Um, well, they showed it at the Comic-Con. Of course, it got leaked via people with iPhones, or at least one. And then uh, they also released um, a preview from uh, Age of Apocalypse. And there's a lot of the pictures cycling the internet now that have Apocalypse in them, and people don't seem to be too terribly happy with the way he looks. Does he not look like Apocalypse? Uh, you know, no. Uh, I'm a, I, part of him, yes. Uh, but the not, lower half, or? Well, no, like, <laughs> color-wise, tone-wise, yes. But he doesn't have, like, classic Apocalypse is blue and gray. The big lips and the yeah. crazy metal head and the arms. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I don't know what you call that, the pinstriping on his face? Yeah. Uh, this one doesn't have those things. He looks like the Wishmaker from the Wishmaker movie, if you remember Wishmaker. Wishmaster? Yes. That's what I meant. I've heard, too. That he looks like a demon? Uh, well, like a blue kind of demon, yeah. Sorry, Ross. Oh, you're good. I've heard that in that movie they're going to have costumes that more resemble their comic book costumes. Uh, the pictures of Elektra look that way. Uh, yeah. The Storm ones is like her with the Mohawk and, and Younger. But yeah, it, I mean, those uh, those I'd say yes. But as far as the I think Apocalypse... I something else, actually. <laughs> not the same at all. Elektra, isn't there? 
Uh, not Electra. Sorry, did I say Electra? I meant Psylocke. Oh, okay. Psylocke's okay, what I meant. So we, you were talking about the movie, right? <clears throat> yes. Okay, cool. I said Electra, I, I meant Psylocke. Something that's cool for me with that movie that probably doesn't matter to anyone else, but I was just talking to Curtis about Trick or Treat and the Krampus movie. That's right, yeah. And they're both being written by Michael Dotry, I think is how you say his name. Okay. He's writing that, yeah. too. Writing that Age of Apocalypse. Oh, right on. Yeah. Okay. Is it this one? Yeah. He looks like uh, one of the aliens from Babylon 5. I can see that, too, yeah. Just purple. Yeah. Or blue or whatever. Like the snake alien guys? No. Like no. the... Or remember that movie Alien Nation? Yeah. That's what he looks like. Okay, you know yeah. Because yeah. I, I saw that picture on Facebook. Uh, Brad Calkins. Remember that guy? Yeah. He looks like... He shared it. And I saw that he... You remember the old Power Rangers movie that came out on VHS, the bad guy in that? Oh, man. Yep, he does look like that guy, too. It's just little, like that. Chin. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Man, there's a lot. Yeah. They're like purple goo that. All I know is he looks stupid. Right. I mean... That's the main problem. Alienation, I can dig that. Babylon 5, I can dig that. Aliens, he sure. looks stupid. Yeah. The, no. And he's not big at all. No. He's a little guy. Yeah. He kind of looks like a blue Dracula. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Is that because he sucks? Hey! <laughs> you got it over there, bud. Yeah. There's so many things I want to say. Oh, my God. Let's keep it PG. Better off with... Dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well, I'm not sure where the line's at. Meowhead? Okay. I don't think there was one drawn this time. So we had a line. It's in the sand. Don't step on the sand. Oh, my God. Okay. Ross, is that what you got? That's all I've got. I was going to say something about a movie. Yes. But I can't remember now. Did uh, I say something about a movie earlier? The, the Ant-Man opened up? No. We knew that. The... Um, the slides? Well, when it's opened up. When yeah. you have a microscope. Hmm. There's also the Supergirl trailer that has come out. Yeah, that got leaked early, too. Yeah. It actually looks pretty good. It's all right. Yeah. It, yeah. it looks all right. I've heard that there's a chance Constantine will show up in Arrow. There are rumors about that, yeah. Yeah, because they were season. talking about that on, on wherever. Yeah. Which would be interesting if they wound up resurrecting him through something like that. That'd be pretty cool. It's cool, but it seems like an odd choice because those were two like very different tones of yeah. TV shows. Well, uh, yeah. The darkness part of it. Maybe Arrow needs magic for some reason. Maybe there's a demon... I can see him crossing yeah. paths regardless, I mean, as far as, like, just things in general. I, Constantine's, uh, Everything? whole... Well, I mean, the, as far as, like, running a gambit against the same batch of... I mean, Arrow's doesn't have, like, a rogues gallery like everyone else does. His rogues gallery is a, a amalgam of things that are also connected to a bunch of other characters, so... Deathstroke? Yeah, right. Or, or Deathstroke. Now, now in the TV series, yes. Those, those were actually both loner villains. Yeah. Like, I think I think Merlin is the only real, like... Merlin and Count Vertigo are the only two that I can think that are really Green Arrow exclusive. Yeah, uh, that's what we were saying. There's not really a rogues gallery set up for him. Right. So as far as a magic user showing up, that would make perfect sense. And then Shazam shows up. Shazam! be awesome. I agree. I'd watch it. 
Yeah, just for that. Silly, silly Ross. I'll probably just be Billy Batson for like 45 minutes. Oh my <laughs> see the worst show Following ever. him around. It's Shazam at the end of it, and you see the lightning, and then it goes to the yeah. next episode. He's not part of it. He's got a damn tiger walking around. That'd be awesome, though. Tawny. Can you ride it? No. No. no Nothing no cool, ride. Ross. Nothing cool. Imagine if they had a kid a ride a tiger. I, I want to say it's like a stuffed tiger is no, carrying... No, we're not Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. No. More Calvin and Hobbes. Awesome Dang it, Ross. Can you make Calvin and the Hobbes with no. Shazam? And Calvin and the Hobbes. Calvin and the <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you get away with it. Calvin spelled with a K. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does, actually. Calvin and the Odd Hobbes? Yeah. I don't, not like, no, no, Dude, stop. God damn it, Curtis. I can keep going, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. All right, let's move on to some books. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Uh, Curtis, you want to tell us a story about Star Trek and Green Lantern? Star Trek and Green Lantern, The Spectrum War, written yeah. by Mark Johnson, who's actually the series writer for uh, Star Trek. Art by Angel Hernandez, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, and letters by Neil Uyetake. Uh, U- you watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we start out with uh, Ganthet running away from the six other rings besides the green one, sans the black and white one. And he's on this desolate planet, and... I think I think it's the uh, Black Ring that's talking, or maybe Necron, or maybe Black Hand talking to him, uh, trying to get the last ring, the Green Ring. Right. And Ganthet doesn't want that to happen, so he says, I'm going to go someplace where you can't find me, and he vanishes, <clears throat> taking the rings with him. Fast forward to Star Trek Universe, movie universe. And they're out surveying this rogue planet that isn't in an orbit around the sun at all. It's just out there like a giant comet, it seems to me. And there's no life readings. They beam down, and they find a dead ganthet with these depowered rings. <clears throat> He's like way dead, like skeleton dead. Yeah. Yeah. So they transport him up to the med bay. And we see that uh, uh, Scotty is doing some readings on these rings because they can't find any what they're made of or anything like that. And he says, I would like to bathe them in some tachyon, in a tachyon field. Lo and behold, he does. And prior to this happening, there's geosynchronous orbit around this rogue planet. And Kang the Conqueror shows up in his warbird or bird of prey. It's bird of prey, right? And uh, he's like, I finally got you, blah, blah, blah. And just as he's going through his spiel, all these rings shoot out and make connection with various people in the Enterprise. And also the yellow ring goes to Kang. So we don't know where the green ring's at. They may tell you, they may not. But it's an enjoyable story. It's somewhat... I mean, looking at the cover, you know kind of what's going to happen. Not not the Francavia cover that just shows... The logo on the ship? Yeah. Yes. I was going to say it. No, I won't go there. <laughs> anyway. 
good story. Uh, it's solid. It's kind of, you can kind of tell what's going to happen, but I think it's a good setup issue. There is some good interaction between uh, Spock and Kirk that is, it, it feels like it's somewhat out of character between the two, but in the new universe I could see it fitting well because they aren't as established with each other as they were in the previous series or the original series. Right. Um, the art in it's actually very well done. Uh, IDW is, I think they're doing well with the Star Trek books so they have been yeah i enjoy it um they're coming out with a new book too for star trek that's going to be a miniseries and it's going to focus on other parts of the universe and not just the enterprise so with that being said and it's going to be written by the same johnson guy okay so with that being said uh score you know how i love star trek right i'll probably give a four it's a good jumping on point it's going to be its own inclusive series. Right. Uh, yeah, pick it up. It's going to be good. Right on. It's one of six, by the way. I didn't mention that. <laughs> right on. Uh, Miss Ross? Uh, I really liked it. I like that IDW and DC are doing uh, are doing these crossovers together between... We, did, we had Legion of Superheroes and classic Star Trek mm-hmm. last year. Right. And this one is really good, and then we're going to get the Batman and Ninja Turtles later. They also did the Star Trek and uh, Planet of the Apes. That's right, okay. and Star Trek and Doctor Who. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this book, though, it's pretty much exactly what I expected mm-hmm. from that. Uh, I mean, I, the cover pretty much gives everything away. Yeah. But we just don't know how we got to where we were. Yep. So. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I'd give it a four. Right on. Uh, Mr. Barry? I like it a lot. I haven't really been reading much. <laughs> from, what, sure. from what you've heard, what do you think? Oh, it sounds like a cool story. Never thought about uh, mixing like two different universes together like that. That's cool, especially big ones. Yeah, like I never even thought about mixing Star Trek and uh, Green Lantern. But uh, that's a pretty cool concept. I can see it get it getting pretty exciting. Probably. Uh, Miss Rob. Um. I actually really liked it as well. I'd give it, I'd give it a four. Um, now it's hard for me to tell, and so I'm going to ask you guys this real fast. I got somebody who's who's just a Star Trek fan, and they're thinking about picking this up. Do you feel like this is going to be more of a gateway for Star Trek fans to kind of get interested in Green Lantern? I think it goes the other way. Or do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'd say so too. Well, I, I guess what I'm really asking is, do you think you need to know Green Lantern before you come into this, or can you come in from a Star Trek side? I would say no, because I think the next issue is going to expand on the Green Lantern side of things. That's true. So I would I would say no, and just enjoy the ride. There might be some confusion in the first issue, but by the second issue, I think right. you're probably okay. I so just, it, it won't be terribly confusing. No. Um, just that first opening sequence, I think, will kind of be, will set the ground for it. It won't. It won't be as important to you if you don't know the Green Lantern stuff beforehand. But you can probably read it and enjoy it still. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of like. It's kind of what I talked to somebody about. But um, the other thing is, do you think it's possible this voice that's talking to him at the beginning, rather than it being Necron, could it be the possible 
like god voice? I don't think so. It's in the shape of a lantern. Yeah, that's and true. I don't think they would do that. And it's black, and that's a creepy white writing. Right. I think it's a death or a, a black lantern. I think it's either yeah, it's got to either be Black Hand or Necron, mm-hmm. <laughs> or somebody else that we don't know who became a Black Lantern. Maybe it's Maybe somebody in the Star, Star Trek, Trek universe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, at this point, there's not enough to know the answer who's talking, because they, they don't ever show us the character. It's all, all panel talking. It could so. be uh, could be Spock's brother, Savick or Sovak or whatever. Oh, so, wouldn't that be crazy? That'd, That'd be, be weird. Cool. That'd be a neat trick. Yeah. How to get on the other side of the universe? Yeah, because he was trying to conquer everything, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Stupid yeah. brain. But yeah. he hasn't been introduced in the new right JJ verse. So no, that might be a good introduction too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just thought it could be that voice because it was outside of the Star Trek, you know, universe that they had to go to find that thing. Gotcha. So I thought maybe that. Yeah. Right, and and we're seeing that don't they don't know. In the Star Trek verse, there's no Green Lantern, so mm-hmm. this is new for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So it'll be new for them, new for new readers. It'll be a good time. Pick up the damn book. <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> they really should be. Um, you know, I I would I'll give it a three and a half. It was it was good. Art's oh, good. I I'm interested. In, I'm interested to see the rest of it. I mean, I, I like I like Green Lantern just in general. So, what do you like better, Star Trek or Green Lantern? Uh, probably Green Lantern. You're an asshole. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I do kidding. like the new JJ verse though, kind of a lot. Because it's actually. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was the lens flare. It's like. There's none in the book, so you can be safe there. Right. Tilt it in the sun. <laughs> if you if you read it in the sun, yeah. Stare into the sun while you read it. <laughs> you will have. I can't make out the words. Have a permanent lens flare. I'm pretty sure that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> All right, God. All right, I'll Rob, you want to tell us uh, some regalus with some Omega Men, DC Comics? Sure. All right. Um, probably have to do a quick couple things from the first issue just because they were awesome and we didn't get to cover that one but um got the writer is tom king our artist is burgundy burkenda hopefully i'm not misspelling that badly mispronunciating or something is that a real word pronunciating pronunciation mispronunciating yeah sure there you go either way mispronouncing yes there I'm sure. I'm sure it's wrong, but um, some of the things that we see in the first book, and kind of building on from this, is that there's evidently a whole religion based around the Alpha and the Omega. Evidently, the Alpha is supposed to be life, while Omega represents death. Whatever this section of space is, it's a little backwards. It doesn't seem like it's connected to a whole lot of the regions that we're very familiar with, and their whole thing. They're they're like whole kind of bring up in this armada what ties them together is this kind of religion of alpha or omega so the omega men in this case are kind of like rebels because everybody else kind of works for alpha so they work for the omega they're mainly wanted at this point because of the murder of kyle reiner the green lantern which is crazy yeah it is um, but probably the coolest thing at the beginning of this is that they have a whole different language that they speak, which is usually a bunch of Czechs. I'm sure you can find somewhere where there's a translation for that. But um, in the first issue, as they're doing their squad breakdown, 
and they're breaking into this kind of hovel to try to find the Omegaman, they're speaking in that language and it's being translated out on a loudspeaker as, don't worry, we're friends, as they're like hosing down the people in the buildings with machine gun fire and stuff. So, it's kind of cool little tactics there. But um, they introduce all of the Omega Men characters, which are kind of crazy. Mostly kind of alien type characters. I think there's Tiger or Tiger, who's like this huge kind of bobcat looking guy. Or tiger looking guy? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I got, <laughs> I got more bobcat, but, you know, tiger makes sense. <laughs> we have a few humans. A guy kind of looks like Brick from the Green Lantern Corps. Brute. And we got kind of a, like a medical doctor who's uh, an android. Kind of got like the Johnny Five eye stocks. Wally. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. And, and a whole handful of others. Well, as we kind of get into the second story, one of the things that we're finding out is the uh, people in charge of the sector of space feel that their soldiers are worth a thousand civilian lives. So for every member that was killed trying to capture the Omega Men in the first book, there has to be a thousand civilians killed. I agree with that. And there you go. So, you know, uh, there's a little bit of politics going on with the guy who controls this, the uh, the region, where he's trying to, like, whittle down how many people, you know, they should actually have to sacrifice for this, because, you know, not all of these Omega Men were actually their people, yada yada. Ultimately, we wind up finding out he's just as dirty as the Regent is, because he wants to offer more people to kill, as long as he gets to pick who they are. Man, where man. the region will kill less people if he gets to choose who they get to kill. And so, like, it, when we have this whole, like, debate of these things going on. And then we have our kind of humanoid person explaining to another unidentified humanoid for a while about how their people have been so subjugated, and all he wants them to do is just stand up and rise up against them, and that's how what Omega Men are all about, yada yada. Well, we wind up finding out this person is actually Kyle Reiner. So he's not dead. He's been captured. In the process, they're actually putting an explosive device in his throat so that if he doesn't follow along with what they want him to do, they're going to blow him up. In the process of doing so, they're also explaining that if he wants to try to save the most lives, the best way for him to do so is to work with the Omega Men, which is, of course, something that Kyle's not interested in doing. Now, it is important to know that Kyle does not have his, his rings. rings. And even though he mentions that he doesn't need the ring to use the power anymore, he never calls for it. So, a lot of this issue is kind of set up in building the world that we're actually in. Ultimately, more things could have been happening in this issue, but like it, it played out pretty well. As my rating for it, I'd probably give it a three and a half. I kind of feel like they're writing these stories not for issue to issue, but for an arc. Like a like they're writing it to be a trade. And so I don't know if they're that worried about making each issue as impactful as they could. Hmm. But adding the White Lantern, adding Kyle Rayner into this story already makes me more interested in the Omega Men. I really like the way that they draw a lot of the characters the tactics that these people are using and kind of the ruthlessness of this section of space is pretty 
It's pretty amazing. So it actually plays out really well, and it actually connects as well with what's going on with the rest of the Green Lantern, where they're not around to actually dispense law. Well, uh, Curtis, yes, go for that book. Yeah, I think Rob's right in, in that it needs to be collected. It's a slow burn. I think that, honestly, the way I felt, the, the issue could be deconstructed and brought back and have more impact if it was constructed differently. I don't know. There's a lot of words in it. Well, one of the things that I think they lost their impact on is the uh, the gathering up of all these people to execute. Mm-hmm. They kind of gloss them a bit, and they want to kind of give you the impression that Kyle is going to be able to step in. But they don't really bring that to bear very much. Right. So So I'd probably give it... I, I like the Omega Man. I like the cast of characters. So I, I'd probably give it a four. No, three, sorry. And uh, hopefully it'll pick up. Hopefully. But we'll see. Right. Uh, is Ross? Uh, I think it has potential. Uh, I like that they're doing kind of... The Omega Men were around before, weren't they? Yeah, right? yep. when Lobo was introduced. Gotcha. But they're kind of a... They haven't been around for a while. No, it's they're like an unknown. right? I like that they're doing that, and I like that they're mixing Kyle in with it. Uh, I'd give it a three as well. Uh, like you guys said, I'm, I think it'll probably be better when it's collected all together. But And like we were discussing earlier, or I said, I, I suggested, it felt like they're trying to put so much out before it gets canceled. Because hmm. that's where it's probably going to go, is getting canceled. So they're trying to get their whole story that they wanted out as quick as they can. But they probably have to do it within a limited number of issues. Right. Well, stacking everything on top of each other just to get it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it difficult. Uh, Mr. Barry, you have a score for this book? I mean, it's a cool concept. Like, three-ish. Um... From yeah, I, I haven't read it, but from what it sounds like, it most reminds me of that Futurama episode with the uh, brain invader mm-hmm. people. Oh, okay, where Bender has to go in and like pretend to be their friends, but in reality, has a bomb inside of him. Right. They're just trying to blow up the planet. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. What you we, guys were we were the invading conquerors. Yeah. Damn. The art's awesome in it, though. Yeah, it is. And, it, and it's really brutal, as the story goes, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah, it's got good art. I mean, setup-wise, like you said, it's a slow burn, I think, and I, I don't know if it would help them getting getting to the action quicker or not. I don't, it's, I don't know. Well, I'll be honest, the first issue was just a giant cluster meow. Right. <laughs> and it, it, was, it was hard to follow. <laughs> so uh, this one actually kind of... It slows it down a bit, but the first issue just didn't it didn't grab. Well, there's a few people that have a really strange way of talking. And I think some of that is to kind of give you, like, an alien slang. And they also use that alien language, like, kind of checks thing, a lot in the first issue. Which they get away from that in the second one, where it's much more English and a little bit more explaining. But... The book kind of reminds me of the one that came out with Water Fleas as the backup story. Mm. I forgot what it, what the, oh, the last one was called. Threshold. Now, but yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's, it's threshold-ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I give it a two and a half. Uh, not a, not bad, and the art's fantastic, but... I don't know, I, maybe one and two together would be, would be better read. And I guess we'll have to see where three goes, I guess. It's weird to me, because they have JRJR on Superman... Right. And they have this guy on Omega Man, which is going to get canceled in six issues. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just, it's weird the way politics work in in comic industry. For sure. Well, hopefully, hopefully it'll make a little longer than that. Because, I mean, the Omega Man is kind of like DC's Star Jammers. <laughs> yeah, I can see with, that. With okay. The, I, I can see that. I, yeah. And, and maybe with with not so much Green Lantern interaction going on, Maybe they'll have a little bit more of a hold, you know. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, next book, the Mercury Heat Number One. Mister Curtis, you want to tell me a story about Mercury? Not really. And heat? No. <laughs> and number one. So, Mer- um, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Mercury Heat, written by Kieran Gillen, who's writing uh, Darth Vader. Yep. Artwork by Omar Francia. And letters by Kurt Hathaway and colors by Digicore Studios. I'm going to read the first opening page that kind of sets the tone for the book. It's just like a synopsis, I guess you could say, of right. where they're at. Okay. Mercury's sun-facing side is hot enough to melt lead. The other is cold enough to liquefy oxygen. At the border between the two, there is a zone with a survivable temperature. It rotates so slowly that its solar day is twice as long as its year. On Mercury, you can outrun dawn. If you can keep moving, uh, yeah, that that's a that grabs me right away, science fiction wise. I, I just love that idea. Sure, that you can outrun dawn. It just sounds cool. Anyway, so Mercury's this planet. There's uh, battleships that are being made up up around the orbit, and there's elevators that take people from the livable portion of the planet to those battleships. And this is it our Mercury? Is it like it doesn't specify? Okay. Um, I would say no. But we meet our main uh, lady, whose name is Lu- Louisa L U I Z A Louisa. I'm guessing. Right. Anyway, she's next to go up. Um, she wants to be a police, and once she gets up there, they have to implant her with a crystal that connects her to a thing called the Grapevine. And the grapevine is kind of like a all-knowing computer, central computer, kind of like on the Enterprise, but it's internal. So she, evidently, in this society, you have to bid for a job. Okay. Right now, her bid's too high, and she can only get secretarial menial tasks. So she lowers her bid 10%, and they give her another job. She doesn't want She wants to be a police. So she lowers it 20%, and she gets... A job as a, like an investigator or or a death, and they said that needs to be looked into more, because she you can be a miner on this planet, you can be anything. So she goes to inspect this. At this time, she's talking to Grapevine after she's got her implant, and she says that I need the lowest bidded investigator. So she meets this guy at this miner's cell, and they start investigating. And he's like, yeah, you get what you pay for, lady. <laughs> so uh, the door is locked to this miner's cell. He's able to get into it. 
Once they get into it, they do some investigation. The door closes behind them, and the cooling no longer works in that cell, so they're cooking while they're in there. And the guy's like, hey, I need, we need to get out of here, and if we can get a hole right here in the door, we can get out, because that's where all the wiring is at. So Louisa, without prior knowledge of this character, kind of gets this extra strength in knuckle coating and starts punching at the wall. And it says pain receptors down 5%, pain receptors down whatever. So she's able to punch through this wall while her eyes turn glowing red. So she's an advanced humanoid. I don't know if this comes from the crystal that's implanted or if it's something else. Because she mentioned earlier when a guy wanted to, you know, take her out for a drink that she was a 57, a B. She said not an A or an F, but a 57. And when she mentioned that, he's like, oh, can I get a ring check on that? So she's kind of, I think she's an outcast of some type. And I think in this society... Uh, police work is deemed less than secretarial work. So that's why she has to bid to get to those lower tiers for and police. Constantly changing a bit down for it, too. Right. Rather than up or down. And I think the lower the bid, the higher uh, profile case you'll probably get. I don't know. But we'll see more of that. So anyway, she punches through this door. This investigator's like, yeah, I'll get it open. They get it open, and they start getting shot at so she amps up. She's like the million dollar man, amped up. And she attacks this guy who's shooting at her. Like high flying attacks, you know what I mean? And uh, again, her pain receptors go down. She gets enhancements on her body. Uh, she has to cool down eventually. And another dude's in her spaceship taken off. And she jumps at the spaceship, punches through the. the glass and pulls a guy out so she's very enhanced and we don't know how that how that happened is it prior to this crystal is it is it because of the crystal we don't see anybody else like this so karen gillen has a write-up in the back where he's like he was suggested to do a female-led comic and he's like okay i like tank girl and I like Judge Dredd, but I'll never be able to write Judge Dredd or write for 2000 AD. So I'm going to mash up that sci-fi pulpy fill into this book. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's a good description. Right. I just, I don't know where it's going to go, and I don't know how in-depth it's going to go. But I, I, I would like to know more about her, because she's able to crush this guy's head with her thighs. So <laughs> she's, she's pretty amped up, or walnuts. But uh, <laughs> the art in it's fairly well done. Right. Um, yeah, it's a good looking book. Like the arts, yeah, it's good. There's nothing to say, you know. I don't know. It's written well. It's Kieran Gillen. There's some slang terms in it that you're like, what the hell are they saying? Um, before she gets the implant, she didn't know the language Mercury. After she gets the implant, she gets it. And as she's walking past these two guys, before she gets the implant. It just says uh, gibberish, gibberish. And then she replays that after she gets the implant and sees what they say. One of them's like, I hope there's a drilling, uh, I hope I can get a drilling job because I drill her or something. And he's like, shut up, she might hear you. He's like, she doesn't understand Mercury. And after she attacks him, she's like, I do now. 
So she takes care of that after the fact. So I don't know how much recall they have. It's kind of like Demolition Man. But uh, in that regard. Right. Or Total Recall. No, I'm kidding. Both. Not both right. Or, uh... <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'll give it a probably 3.25. Specific. <laughs> right. um, I enjoy it. It's right up my alley. It's there's just a lot of unknowns in this first issue. It's not an issue that's going to grab you and make you like, hey, I need to read this now. But I think if we give it some time and let it let it uh, un- unravel and grow, yeah. And it's from Avatar Press. Um, they've got a right. different kind of reputation. Yeah, a little bit. There is some gruesome gore in it, but it's only one panel. Well, she does shoot the guy through the hand. Anyway, yeah, three point two five. I like I like Gillen's write, writing style, uh-huh. and his Star Wars is fantastic. Yeah, so I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a chance. Uh, Mr. Ross, I'd probably give it a two and a half. Um, I like the sci-fi stuff going on, and you're absolutely right. It is like a mix of Judge Dredd and Tank Girl. And looking at it, that's what I see too. I wasn't a big fan of the art though. Mm-hmm. And kind of dragged it down a little bit for me, but it is a bit choppy in places. Mm-hmm. But all right, uh, Barry, sounds cool. I, I haven't necessarily read it, but right, sounds sounds pretty cool. Right up my alley, violent. <laughs> right on. Bad bad women, bad meows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Bad meow. <laughs> Rob. I think I'd give it a three. It does seem like it's it's going to have a lot of potential. I'm I'm not a big fan of the company, but this book seems like it's actually really well done. So, right on. Well, remember the uh, what they put out with the free comic book day, the preview for mm-hmm. it, and that generally where the interest came from. I think at least on my side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, issue wise, good first issue, and we'll see where it goes. You know, they they are known for blood and guts, so. As we'll see how far it gets down the road, but at least the first issue is pretty cool. Were you going to score it? Oh, did I not? I thought I did. No, uh, you just three. rambled. I was just talking? Yeah. Words? <laughs> three. Three. Boom. Funny story about this one, really quick, is when we met Kieran Gillen to sign stuff. Mm-hmm. He was trying really hard to get people to take this book. He wasn't trying hard. He wasn't? No. Because he said, I'm a terrible salesman, because he had a stack of them beside him, and we had him sign in Star Wars. That's right, yeah. And uh, Ross mean, walked off, and then I was standing there, and I got my book signed, and I looked down, I said, are you signing these, too? He said, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he points at Ross and says, hey, come get, get one, one of these, these too. Guys. So he signed that for us, too. So he was he was good. He was a good dude. I yeah, wish we could have awesome. met with him longer. Um, yeah. It, it, was a good, it was a good time. Yep. Yeah. I, I really respect this guy. Cool. So, yeah. Was it the free comic day one that he was doing? Oh up yeah. There? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was just giving away at the Avatar booth. Thought we were they were ways out before the issue one came out. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's cool. So Ross got something else to sign too. Yep. Good job, Ross. I don't know if I got it signed. No, I think he gave it to you. and You just walked off. Yeah, yeah mine's so. <laughs> Next. Bad time. job, I wasn't, Ross. I wasn't expecting it. Right. Bad job. Next Ross. time. <laughs> All right. Oh uh, well, let's move on to some uh, Star Wars Lando. Lando. Oh, uh, I don't. Pimp of the universe. Yeah. 
It's starting to it's building on me. Yeah, I had, a, I had a problem with it at first, but it's starting to build there. <laughs> so that's what, what I like. This is written by Mr. Charles Soule, uh, which, depending on what you've read from DC prior to him being a Marvel exclusive, uh, is fantastic. Uh, Alex uh, Believe is the artist. Um, book wise, just in general, the cover's pretty awesome too. Which I believe is this a shaking cover? No. No? That's probably Maliv. Oh, yeah, maybe it's Maliv. Anyway, um, art-wise, fantastic. I do love me some Lando. Uh, This also takes place between the two same frames that all the other books are going on in Star Wars, between uh, Hope and Empire. When we open up, we open up with Lando standing in a pretty ritzy apartment-looking place, or like a, a, I don't know, like a townhome almost. Pretty ritzy, and he's staring at this little orb that has what looks like diamonds on the sides of it. He's talking to a lady who's laying on the bed. And, uh, you know, very Pimp Lando style, you know. All kind of buttery. And uh, <clears throat> as he talks to her, we wind up finding out that uh, she apparently is uh, the right hand of the empire in that area. She's a imperial governor. Yeah, so she's the mon- moniker of the area. And basically, whatever she's given order-wise, she just has carried out. Monarch or moniker? Mon- yeah, mon- monarch. Okay. It's monarch? Is yeah, that right? moniker's a name. Right. <laughs> monarch. <laughs> anyway, as Leonard talks to her, he, he, he lays on pretty smooth. And he talks to her about how uh, she, she, she's surprised that he's so intrigued with a little trinket in, in, the, uh, in the room. And he tells her, well, it's because I was going to steal it. And about that time, she pulls a gun on him. And uh, apparently she's known for being pretty hard-nosed in the area. And he, he lays out pretty smooth for her about how, oh, but he cares about her a lot, so he didn't want to rob her, make her look bad, and give her a bad name, and make everyone look at her as being scorned by her lover, and cause her all kinds of political face problems as far as uh, ap- appearance in the area. Yeah, he was going to take it while she was asleep. So basically he butters her up, and she winds up giving it to him. Uh, well, we find out, well, of course, we know Lando, is a, he's, a, he's a gambler, smuggler. Would you say scoundrel? I would say he's a scoundrel, yes. That makes a lot of sense. He's a scoundrel. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Basically, he convinces her to give him this orb, which is what he's going to take and trade to pay off his debt to uh, the resident slumlord, I guess? Papa Torin. Papa Torin. And uh, he's got Lobot with him. Right, which is pretty crazy. Because in the movies, we, we see Lobot a little bit. I mean, we, we, I guess we see him in Cloud City. Cloud City, and that and was that's pretty it. much it. And this, they they pay him a little bit different. Lobot's more like a, uh, like a partner, like a, I don't know, like psychic a like almost. a psychic. Yeah, yeah, he calls him brother a lot. Right. He's well, almost he's almost like a Jimmy Olsen. Right. So, he talks um, a lot more than I was expecting him to. Yeah, he does. Hulk Hogan of sorts. Yeah. And a little less, a little less mustache, but yes. Hmm. Uh, apparently, this debt is owed by Lando, and sub- somehow subsequently Lobot also. Which, they mention his implants a lot. Right. Rob because, brought up that fact. Maybe it was to pay off the implants. Ooh, that's a good question. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You got breast implants? No, not the same kind. Oh, okay. No, like Lobe, Lobot got a... Chips in his Lobe. Brain Think implant. Lobe. Oh. Brain, brain implants. Uh, being able to read uh, and judge how certain things will happen military-wise. So whatever... He, whatever He's kind of like an odds guy. Yeah, which it would make perfect sense for a scoundrel to use. Mm-hmm. But he never wants to be told the odds. So. No. Well, they, I mean, they, they replay that line that how Han never likes to, never likes to be told the odds, never does Lando. Mm-hmm. 
So that was pretty. That was pretty fun. I also like that they make uh, reference to Lobot being uh, connected to the Empire before this point. Oh right, mm-hmm. yeah. And then, like the implant was like to kind of keep him off the military lines. That way he works as a tactician instead of a soldier. Mm-hmm. But anyway, basically goes to pay off the uh, Papa. What was his name? Papa what? Torin, I think. Papa, yeah, Papa Torin. And uh, he delivers the orb, and Papa Torin's response is, "Well, we'll give you ten percent off, and uh, now you have a little more time." And the, 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 the cool, his the, right? The right. cool thing about Papa Torin is he doesn't speak to Lando. No, he uses these like ugly ass cherubs. Yeah, that he whispers <laughs> to them, and then they tell Lando what's going on. Right. So that's kind of a cool dynamic. It, it was really pretty. It's kind of crazy. Is that the three of them flying around? They're, yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's like a cherub mixed with a fly. Yeah, like it's a little weird. like a little ugly fairy almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, Lando takes the news pretty. He's not real happy about it. But of course, uh, Papa winds up tell, uh, letting Lando know about a big score they have coming down. So basically, what it really is is that Papa wants Lando to pull off a score for him. And this is how he holds it over his head to make him do it. While lowering his debt. While lowering his debt, yeah. Instead of paying it off. Right. So, Lando, uh, of course, now has to convince Lobot that it's a good idea to do this uh, scam. Uh, in the process, uh, we want to find out the base what, what, what he's being tasked with is stealing a ship. And that they're allowed to take whatever was on the ship, but the ship itself, uh, Papa wanted. Mm-hmm. And I... I... I could have read this wrong, but I read that more of like a Lando thing. Not that the guy told him he could have the stuff on the ship, but just that Lando, he told him. Yeah, it was implied by Lando. And Lando's like, oh well, I'll just take what's always thinking like a scoundrel. Yeah, right. I think they don't. The whole conversation we really don't get. We get Lando explaining it to Lobot in Lando ways, mm. and they, there's actually a point where Lobot's like, "You, I'm up the mark, man. You don't have to keep smiling for me," which is pretty mm. funny. Uh, so they, they go in and they take the job, and uh, in the process, we wind up seeing whose ship it is, and uh, it, how they're connected together. We should leave it as a surprise. Okay. Who's, whose ship it is. Okay. Uh, okay. But prior to that, Lando says that he's not going to use force. Right. But he hires two of these assassin-looking dudes that right. look like Black Panthers. Pretty awesome. That are awesome-looking. Yeah. And, not the animals, by the way. Well, no, they're... Like Acrobat. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Like Black Panther, like the Black Panther from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Rawr. Jeez. So, no. It... But, yeah, it, it, there's, there's a, a thin layer of, of intrigue and, uh, of course, smuggling and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, throughout the whole time, every time we have Lando dealing with confrontation, he winds up dealing with it in a way that he kind of convinces the person that he's conning to help him. I mean, because he does it with the late, with the, uh, the, the, God, what, what was her position? The Chancellor, or whatever, and what, what is she? The Monarch. Is the Monarch, yeah. I can't like, remember. I governor. can't remember what her, gov- Governess? Yeah, I think it was a Governor. So he, like, basically convinces her to help him, and then he convinces Lobot to help him. I think Lobot's just along for the writing. Probably. Because what is he going to do? He can't right. go back to the Cloud City, right? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's just there with Lando because he's got nothing else to do. Right, that's a good point. And Lando's a pimp. Right. So why not hang out with a pimp? That's you know what I mean? also a true statement. Yeah. Who else is Chewie going to talk to, right? Exactly. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty entertaining book. I uh, I liked. Uh, I know. I I like the idea of getting a backstory about Lando and seeing more 
Adventures of Lando. Um, score wise, I give it a four. Like I, I liked it a lot actually, and the the reveal at the end, the it's pretty, it's really kind of awesome whose ship it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's the that's the real catch at the end of it. Uh, Mr. Rob, you score for Lando. You know what? I enjoyed Lando. Um, I like how it's fitting in with the rest of the Star Wars universe and the Marvel stuff. And it's kind of cool to take Lando as his own character. Um, I'm interested to see how they're going to flesh him out. And I actually really like Lobot, so I'm glad that he got to like, have a big part in that story. So I don't know. I guess I'd give it a 3.5. I actually like Lando quite a bit. So Right on. Uh, Mr. Curtis? I, too, like Lobot for some unknown reason. <laughs> He's a likable guy. No, here's the deal. Okay, this is stupid. I played an internet game called Mafia where you have to pretend to be somebody or you're you're the mafia or the town and the town has to take over the mafia or the mafia takes over the town and you have to do it by lying about your character. Lobot was my character in that game. <laughs> All and right. at first he was bad and then he switched to good. So I had to convince people that knew that I was bad that I was good again. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. It's it's, it's called Werewolf and other places but this was mafia online so lobot's kind of near and dear to me for that purpose only um so i like lobot i like that we get more not we don't have any background on him yet no but i think we're gonna get a little more and i hope we do and i hope this series leads to some millennium falcon dealings prior when when lando had the millennium falcon i would love to see that i don't know about any expanded Universe Lobot stuff prior to the new Marvel crap. Not that it's crap, but right, it's a heap. Yeah, I so. don't, I don't think, I don't remember anything that that he showed up in that was that painted him, fleshed him out at all. Right. Yeah. And he's rarely fires a, a phaser and doesn't, or a, not a phaser, but a a blaster. Right. And doesn't want to. So I, I like that aspect of it that he'll be forced to in the future. Um, I don't, I can't talk enough about it. I want to give it a five. <laughs> I really do. I'll just stick with a five. Okay. That's a good book. Right on. Uh, Mr. Ross? It was pretty awesome. Um, I like that Lando kind of always sees the best of the situation. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he's being conned, he's figuring out a way to make it better himself. <laughs> and true, that really yeah. shows in this book. Um, Charles Soule wrote him perfect. Yeah. Like, uh, he hit Lando spot on. Yeah, he does feel like Lando. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art's great. I would I would give it a four and a half, probably. I don't know. I agree. Um, the art's good, except in some scenes, their faces are, so I'm going to downgrade it to 4.5. Okay. Uh, in that one scene, you can't even tell that Lando has a face. It looks like somebody put some clay together. It's the way it's colored out, yeah. No, it was it was the inks. Really? It, it was... Really? It, I don't... I have a problem with Maleev sometimes. Okay. Because of that fact. So... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt and be a dick. You're good. I was done. Or be a meow. Good, good, good job, Ross. Good job, Mr. Barry. I'm. I know I'm probably gonna get punched in the face, but I, I really don't know much about Star Wars to understand what's going on even. Well, there's not reason to assault you. I'll be honest with you, Barry. If you read the book, uh, you wouldn't need to know anything about Star Wars. No, not at all. <laughs> so, not not saying that you need to read, but uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds cool, but. Yeah. Almost like a, uh, uh, what's that movie that just came out? 
There's a lot of them. <laughs> Peter Quill. Oh, Star Lord. Yeah. yeah, he kind of kind of sounds like a Peter Quill type situation. And on that, I, when I was reading it, I'm yeah. like, that orb has got to have a gem in it. <laughs> Man, okay, yeah. Because that's how it starts out. He's going yeah, after the orb. Yeah, that's true. It, it is very similar to the uh, orb that Star Lord collects. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, he is. He is very much. Yeah, he's 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 kind of a Peter Quill type character. <laughs> right on. Can't remember. I rem- I can't believe I remembered the uh, unmasked name. Or- Not Star Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's okay. The other day I couldn't remember Star Lord. I was or Peter Quill. And I was calling him Star Lord all the time. Funny. All right. Uh, well, let's see. Um, I think that's it for books. We do have a interview with uh, Todd Nock uh, from San Diego Cal- from San Diego Comic Con 2015. Uh, so I guess I'll go ahead and run that. Right? What is the noise it's supposed to be in the camera? Scooby Doo. That's right, Scooby Doo. Alright, this is Steve with Top 5 Comics here at San Diego Comic Con 2015, and I'm here with... Todd Nock. And Todd, no stranger to comic books, man. You've been around for a minute, and most of us love the Young Justice stuff that you did back, I don't know, 10 years ago? I think we wrapped up the, the last issue in, in 2002, so the series ended about 13 years ago. Lord, I didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's one of those late 90s, early 2000s books. Right, right. Um... Well, Todd, when did you, is there a point with your, where you, when you in your career, or prior to your career, was there a point where you said, this is what I want to do, or something that, like a defining moment for you? Oh, there definitely is. I know exactly that moment. Started collecting comic books in eighth grade. I'm, I'm an 80s kid, so they stopped making Star Wars action figures in 83. I had all this disposable income. By 84, I started collecting comics with the, the, the first Secret Wars. So, in, in school, I was known as the art kid. So one of my best buddies, uh, my, this was my, our freshman year of high school, he, uh, it was November 1985, my buddy says, you're always drawing superheroes, you're always reading comics, have you ever tried to draw your own comic? That had never occurred to me. So that day when I got home from school, took some printer paper, folded it in half, and wrote and drew an eight-page comic book in one night. And it was terrible. The art was bad, the story was worse, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun creating something out of nothing. I knew that night. This is what I do. For, what I want to do for the rest of my life. Now I just got to teach myself how to do it. That's awesome, man. That's really great. Uh, so, you, Secret Wars, where you started? Okay. Uh, was there something you followed just art-wise back then, or something you looked at and said, "This is who I want to be like"? Uh, actually, uh, yeah. I mean, I, as, as a young reader, I didn't know what I was really into. I knew I liked the X Men, so I was reading X Men and uh, Uncanny X Men. I subscribed to that, and. Um, but the first artist, I think, that really grabbed me, and I wanted to buy his work every month, was Walter Simonson on X-Factor. Oh, yes, excellent. Before, and I discovered him on X-Factor. Uh, so him, Rick Leonardi. Then once I discovered Arthur Adams with the Web of Spider-Man annual uh, number two, the Spider-Man meets Warlock story, 
uh, really, uh, I I just was like blown away. Got the long shot miniseries, started getting his annuals. So and and then Alan Davis, who did some fill-ins on X-Men, New Mutant specials or annuals, and then Excalibur. So those were my top four guys that they're artistically just really inspired me and influenced me to a, a really great degree. Other artists influenced me as well, like Mark Silvestri, oh, you know, all the image, the guys who would later sure, form yeah, Image, yeah. Uh, John Bogdana from Power Pack, and uh, um, Brett Levins on New Mutants. So, so many artists from the 80s into the early 90s, Which and are, of course beyond. And a lot of us are 80s kids too, and like yeah. we follow the same guys you're talking about. I mean, yeah. Arthur Adams has influenced so many people. I have no idea if he has any clue he has, but he has. I, I, I believe he's got to know. You think so, right? Yeah. Man, he, he's, he's an awesome talent. Um, well, man, like, what, do you have any projects you're working on right now? Uh, let's see. Right now I'm doing um, qu quite a few covers for Marvel. I've been doing a lot of retailer variants, and I just did a, a special six-page story that, that uh, launched on the Marvel website. For a, it's a free okay. uh, comic you can read. Uh, the Marvel Future Fight game app. We did a comic for that with a limited lithograph that was given away here at the Marvel booth. Man. They were all gone on Thursday. They just <laughs> flew off the table, so there are no more left. But you can still go to Marvel.com. And I have the link on my uh, Facebook fan page and on my Twitter account where you can go right to the, the um, Marvel site to read this uh, Future Fight story, which stars Thor, Black Widow, Black Panther, and Black uh, Bolt, Black Bolt, nice, yeah. uh, versus uh, Ultron uh, drones. Awesome. And, uh, so that was a lot of fun to do. So that was my, my most recent thing that I've drawn that's come out. Right on. Um, so if people want to look for you, I mean, you assume you sell your prints on your website. Um, actually, I only sell my prints at conventions. Really? Okay. But I'll have, uh, I sell um, original art and uh, post-it note sketches that I do each day, and of course my sketchbooks. Right, right. Um, if people want to look for that, where would they look for it? Uh, if you go to toddknock.com, that's, that's the hub for all, the links to all my social networks. My YouTube channel, my Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook. Right on. You can get there. You can get to me from anywhere from ToddKnock.com. Cool. Right on. Uh, so if you're standing on a desert island, oh, yes. what five items would you take with you, and they can be people? Well, if they can be people, I'll take my wife. I'll take Bear Grylls. I'll take Jeff Probst to keep it fun. You know, give us some challenges. And I will take uh, uh, a lot of water. And um, and uh, the last thing I would probably take is uh, a Wi-Fi signal and a device. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Right, well, so you got to if you can, right? Joella Jones also thought Barry would be an awesome choice to take with her. Oh, excellent. Very good choice. I mean, if you want to survive, take that guy. Right? Oh, my God. Um, all right, so one more question. If you lived in Fantasyland, would you ride a chocolate pony? I <laughs> I'd probably steer clear of chocolate anything. That, that is. That's understandable. If you got, if, if, in Fantasyland, he's right. But we got rainy. You know the island I was on with, with Bear Grylls and Jeff Probst, that's pretty much fantasy land right there. <laughs> <laughs> right on. We appreciate your time, Todd. Thanks so much. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, thanks you too, man. All right, well, I'm going to thank Todd again for taking time to just hang out and chit-chat a little bit. Um, so let's, uh, let's run some uh, books to watch. Rob? Books to watch? Uh, there's actually a lot of Marvel books coming out here pretty soon. It should be really good. Um, 
think Doctor Strange is going to be fantastic. Really like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now. Uh, it's going to be a couple of really good X Men books that are going to be coming out soon. And then uh, Skull Kickers finally got an issue back out. And Skull Kickers has been a lot of fun, so keep an eye out for Skull Kickers. Right on. Do you remember what issue that was? Not anymore. Okay. Because <laughs> I know that series is ending. It is. Um, and I think it's getting toward the end of it. Probably so. Uh, Mr. Ross? I've uh, got Robin, Son of Batman. was awesome. Last issue just came out, and it was great. I'm really excited for the next one. Aquaman, I'm intrigued where it's going. Uh, stuff that's a little ways down, we kind of talked about at the start, but I'm really excited about that Batman Ninja Turtles. See what that'll be like. And the Trick or Treat graphic novel that's coming out at Halloween will be awesome. Cool. Um, Curtis? Well, obviously, Star Trek Green Lantern. Right. And Mercury Heat. Uh, I'm really, really excited for... The Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Heck yeah. Really excited for that. And they're going to have a new colder book coming out called Toss of Bones. Right. Nimble Jack's on the cover of the first one. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So look out for that. Um, outside of that, I really have nothing I can think of. Always watch Invincible. And uh, Black Science for Mike. Mm-hmm. Deadly Class for Mike. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's probably it. There's probably more out there that you need to watch out for, but sure, keep it going. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, well, I know in September we're gonna have uh, Tokyo Ghost coming out. Watch for Tokyo Ghost. Yeah, but the couple panels that have showed up so far for it, art-wise, I mean, it's it looks awesome. It's just God. Well, I mean, it's, it's Rick Remender and uh, Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. So they're both awesome. Um, we stand on guard. Issue two getting ready to drop. Issue one is fairly interesting. Um, I, I'm interested to see where that goes. Uh, of course, revival, which I think is fantastic. Also, um, gosh, my birthright, which is still pretty good. Um, oh, Mike said that Black Science has been knocked from the number one spot for him by Copperhead. Oh man. So Copperhead's pretty good also too. Yeah, yeah, Cop- yeah, Copperhead. That's a good one to watch for. It's a fantastic. Um, Barry, you got any books to suggest to watch for? Uh, just like Curtis said, uh, Colder. Colder. Love it. All right. Yeah, Nimble Jack is like a more twisted, devious, supernatural Joker. Right. So. Well, yeah, and we're getting to the third volume of it, so. I want to say it's it's actually supposed to be September also I believe mm, it's in this new catalog mm. whichever yeah the current yeah so it'll be September yeah. second or third week I think oh uh, there's a new book out for the Sailor Moon fans called Atari Star Force oh. it's going to be coming out um, it looks actually pretty cool uh, Atari I, Star Force that's a cool name I'm thinking that's of cool. maybe picking it up but we'll yeah. see right. Kevin Wada does the covers on them so that's cool yeah sweet. All right, well, I think that's it. I hope so. Get the key? The key! The key! The key! I ain't gonna do it. Ruh-ro! I don't know, Raggy. I can change a lot. I'm not gonna do it. There you go. 
All right. Now you guys. Walk now you all. Walk us on. 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 Wal